Good morning. This is uh, Mox Musings, and we are here at uh, WCTV.org in Wilmington, Massachusetts. And we're very happy today to uh, have uh, a guest with us by the name of Renee Mulhare, who goes by the name R.C. Mulhare. She has written various uh, short stories that appear as standalone books and also as anthologies and other with other writers, and they're all available on Amazon.com. Welcome, Renee. Oh, thanks for having me here. Well, it's nice to have you, I guess, on this cold winter night, but mm. we'll, we'll survive here. Good night for ghost stories. Oh, you're you're already got a chill on your spine. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrific. Yeah. I met Renee at an author fair at the Tewksbury Library, and she has also appeared as a guest speaker for the writers group at the Wilmington Memorial Library, uh, for which I'm also a member. Her stories are quite unique, uh, intriguing, mysterious, suspenseful. I think you might place her writing in the horror or supernatural genre. A word to describe her writing is eldritch, <laughs> which means uncanny, unearthly, uh, unearthly, um, a weird, supernatural way. Anything a witch does is eldritch. Uh, goblins and elves are eldritch creatures. A story full of ghosts and strange monsters is full of eldritch elements. Is that about what? That's a that's a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> that sounds great. And uh, so we're looking uh, forward to hearing some of your ghosts stories tonight. <laughs> so tell us, the audience, uh, a little bit about your writing style. Well, I consider myself to be, I've described my writing as supernatural thrillers, uh, sort of the horror of the ordinary, because what I will do is I will take people that are just perfectly ordinary characters, just regular people going about their business, and something in their world takes, you know, a little turn to the right or the left or just up or down, and they find out that the world is a little stranger than they thought it was when they started their ordinary day of, you know, just, so, uh, yeah, just another... going about their business, you know, filing paperwork or having a rough time having a vacation that was supposed to be restful, but, <laughs> you know, has takes a weird turn for the unexpected, so. That sounds great. Thank so an, an element enters their lives and uh, all of a sudden there's a twist in there. Exactly, mm. exactly. Yeah, well, that sounds great. So uh, wh when did you, at what age did you decide that you'd like, do you like ghost stories? You know, I think I always liked, I wasn't much into horror as a kid, but I liked, I liked spooky stuff. Uh, one of my favorite fairy tales when I was a kid growing up was the uh, Brothers Grimm story, The Youth Who Could Neither Shiver Nor Shake. Oh boy. <laughs> which is about this young man who, like the title says, doesn't know how to be scared. So he goes <laughs> into the world, you know, instead of trying to seek his fortune, he's trying to find out what's it like to be afraid. So he goes into a creepy castle full of all kinds of strange things happening. And he's like, oh, oh. this is interesting. Okay. Oh There's, you know, uh, demon dogs running around. Oh, nice doggies, you know? <laughs> and it's just, just totally wacky. So he doesn't know how to he be scared. He doesn't know how to be scared. <laughs> and, you know, this is what he's looking for. And it's just one of the craziest stories that I've ever read. So it kind of... So that got you started. That yeah. got me started, really. So, I mean, yeah. I was about eight or nine when my mother read that aloud to me. Plus, she was also reading uh, 
Edgar Allan Poe poems to me and, you know, things of that nature. And my dad was kind of, is kind of a crazy Irish storyteller type who's always talking about, you know, funny people or just strange things that have happened to him when he's out and about working. So, sure, sure. So, so that so, kind of got me into... <laughs> yeah. um, so you had, had that kind of a background Exactly. There. So yeah. that just got me into, you Influencing know... Influencing you, yes. Yeah, regular people having very irregular encounters. So When did you, uh, did you start to write any stories at that age or did um, you take a little longer to I st- really started writing I think I was about 10 or 11 I started jotting down sort of sort of rudimentary I wouldn't say rudimentary but just uh, they were kind of funny talking animal stories like it was a hotel full of these eccentric animals and oh, their strange yes. adventures yeah. and that was kind of where I kind of where I got started and it sort of ebbed and flowed uh, I was I kind of was writing fantasy in a Tolkien-type vein when I was in my later teens. Um, I tried writing an epic poem based on the legends of the Holy Grail from the King Arthur legendarium, and which is a completely different tangent than you'd expect from, yes. you know, yeah. But it kind of got me into just sort of finding out that the world is, you know, very strange because, you know, here you've got this quest for this magic cup that has all this supernatural strangeness about it but you know the these knights that are looking at you're looking for it are just they're regular ordinary knights that you know are just taking you know finding out that the world is a little stranger because there's this magic cup out there you know <laughs> yeah sure sure so did, now when did you uh, write at high, in high school or did um, you like uh, have a uh, writing course there or did you did you I wrote some I wrote some uh, small short stories for we were uh, I was basically home taught you know for all my, all uh all the grades that I, you know, okay. all, all my school grades and even did a little uh, college at home. So I kind of kind of was a bit guided by my mo- my mother who was teaching me, but I was also kind of self-guided. So I kind oh, of was okay. writing, sure. you know, little bits and pieces and odds and ends as I was going along. But it wasn't until I got older that I really started thinking, hey, I could do this for publication. And I had a couple of friends that were uh, sort of pushing me in that direction. And I was thinking, well, maybe I could write fantasy. Maybe I could write science fiction because I got into science fiction when I was like uh, college level but the kind of science fiction I was writing was sort of you know like five minutes into the future as opposed to you know space travel in the year 3000 or something so but I was finding that the technology kept catching up with the kind of stories that I was writing so that was a little disheartening and I was like okay where am I going to go with this because I've always been into sort of speculative type stories Mm -hmm. and then I got in with a group called the New England Horror Writers Uh, they more or less found me through uh, an event that was at the Tewksbury Public Library Oh, and nice. yeah. I was listening to them, you know, hearing their stories, talking with them, chatting with them, and it kind of crossed my mind, you know, the science, you know, the science might catch up with the fiction and science fiction, and fantasy kind of comes and goes. And at the time, there was a there was a whole sort of there was a lot of Harry Potter's type stuff being written, and that kind of wasn't not that I you know I've not you know I I admire J.K. Rowling's and what she did. I just couldn't write in that sort of vein because. Yeah, yeah. I just felt it just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't the right fit for it. Now, this horror group, uh, was it all ages in this group or is um, it just more? They're kind of, they're pretty much the gamut from there's a couple people that are college age up to people that are, you know, much older. And, you know, the kind of people that grew up, you know, watching Twilight Zone on television when they were kids. So And they they have meetings periodically? Uh, Not so much meetings. We do get together for uh, book sales and other events. So it's kind of a loose knit kind of guild of writers how do they communicate They're most mostly online mostly through facebook emails oh, which okay. chat back and forth you know so you go 
got some encouragement through them. More or less, yeah, more or less. There was one guy in particular, I was talking with him, and he said to me, you know, well, how long have you been writing? And I said, well, I've been pretty much been writing off and on since I was a kid. And he says, well, what do you do for work? And I said, well, I work retail, and it takes a lot of my time, so I don't necessarily have the time and energy to publish. And he says, well, how long have you worked retail? And I said, well, I've worked retail for 13 years. And he looks me in the eye and he says, if you can work retail for 13 years, you can get published. And that was the light that went on in my head. <laughs> and I was like, why not? Yeah. You know, even if it is writing horror with these with these folks, I mean, people are always going to be scared. I mean, you stuck to something. That's what he was talking about. Exactly. Was, I, yeah. I had stuck with it. Yeah. And I had the ability to stick with something, you know. I and considering you know the you know the ups and downs that you have working retail, that gives you the thick skin that you need in order to get published because you are going to get rejected. I mean, the very first thing that I sent out trying to get published, it got rejected, and I just looked at it as it's a rite of passage. They say that about a lot of writers that yeah. uh, you know they get rejected a million times, and then yeah. there's all you there's just that gotta, one time yeah. that they finally yeah. get Ex noticed. Exactly, it's it's it, you just got to get your story in front of that right editor and that right audience that and sounds, then yeah. you're, Sound, you're in you know sounds great now uh you wrote some uh short stories and then you submitted them to uh, a group so that you could put together an anthology or is that uh it's usually it's usually how it works i mean usually it's there'll be some open calls that you know, editors will put out, you know, hey, we're looking for ghost stories. Hey, we're looking for uh, Christmas stories with a dark twist to them. Hey, we're looking for stories inspired by Robert W. Chambers' The the King in Yellow stories. Yes. So, yeah. and, you know, they, they'll give you generally, you know, maybe not a seed, but it's like, okay, we're looking for this particular kind of horror story, this particular kind of, you know, supernatural thriller. You know, we need X amount, you know, stories of X amount of words, you know, let's see what you got. So, okay. I'll yeah. usually, what, either ha what happens is either I'll have something that might be a good fit, which I've already written just for funsies, or, you know, the editor will put out a prompt saying, okay, we need poetry inspired by the history of Salem. Oh, yes. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, that gives you a, that gives you a seed for something to write and, you know, take it from there. And that's, I'd say it's about 75, 25, like about 75% of the things I've written have been from editors putting seeds out there that, you know, to plant, a, you know, an idea in their potential writer's heads. So. One of the stories that I, I read recently that you wrote was the uh, uh, group of uh, characters uh, went went to Salem uh, during a Halloween uh, trip, and so they went into the cemetery. Tell us a little bit about that Oh, one. boy, Thing in the Graveyard. That has an interesting history. Um, now, what happens is, because I work retail, it gets crazy around Christmas, so I will take the month of December off from trying to get published because I just don't have the time or the energy or the wherewithal to do it, so. It was January, and I was trying to get back on the horse, as it were, and I just started doodling a story, and, I'm, and what I did was I took, it was an unused idea from this sort of notebook that the author H.P. Lovecraft had left behind after he passed, when he passed away. It was all these unused story ideas that he had passed on to a friend, and that friend had sort of shared it with the world, saying, hey, here's all these stories that Howard d just didn't live to write. Let's see if we can write them. So, And there was one, it was something about people seeing a guy in, like, you know, an antique suit of some kind in a public place and they chat with him and then they pass him on and then they meet him later in a graveyard. Oh, yes, yes. So then I was thinking, okay, what can I do with this? And I was thinking, oh, let's do a graveyard in Salem at Halloween. <laughs> and I started writing it and I was going through the listings on this one sort of uh, little blog that's out there, horrortree.com, which is sort of a like a clearinghouse for open calls for horror and dark fantasy type 
uh, markets that are looking for potential people to write for them. And there was one that was from a group called Fund Dead Publications, which was based out of Salem, and they were looking for stories set in Salem. So yeah. I thought, hey, yeah. I got the perfect story for these people. So I polished up the story, sent it off to them and said, you know, this might be what you're looking for. And sure enough, about three weeks later, I got a reply back saying, hey, this story is great. We'd love to publish it. And this, I'm like, wow, thank you. You know, <laughs> this is this is great. So sure. so that's uh, kind of developed into a relationship that I have with Funded. I've written three more stories for them since then. And uh, they've become very good friends of mine. And, you know, I've, I've done book readings with them. I've done other events with them. It's just, it's just been just been a fun, wow. a, a fun dead experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they're they're very nice people. Uh, Amber Newbury and her uh, co-editor, Laurie Moran, they're just if you're looking for a horror publisher to work with, you know, they're they're a good place to start with because they're they're yeah. very, very down to earth, very kind people. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. Now, when you uh, publish uh, when you publish a book, uh, a standalone, uh, do you self-publish or mostly or is it um, you're looking for someone? Currently, at, at the moment, I'm working on a small series that I'm publishing through Off the Beaten Path Press, which is um, a small press that a friend of mine in the New England Horror Writers, Carrie Daniels, is managing. And um, the series has been uh, sort of taking small events in the life of H.P. Lovecraft and sort of sort of playing with them and expanding on, you know, maybe the weird things that he wrote about were actual weird things that he saw, and this is what inspired him to write all the those strange stories of eldritch creatures, you know? Because yeah. the, the man had a very dark, rather tragic life, but he also has this incredible imagination where you you feel like, you know, the things that his characters are seeing, these are really, really weird things that they have stumbled across and... Feel like you were there. You feel like yeah. you're there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I one the one story one story of his that kind of got to me in a good way, uh, The Rats in the Wall. I mean, I was sitting, sitting in my room reading it, and it was, you know, late at night, and all of a sudden I hear scratching in the wall, <laughs> and I just yeah, just jumped out of my seat and I'm like, you know, this is what it means to be a horror writer, <laughs> yeah. you know? If you can do that, if you can mm-hmm. trigger something, that's, you know, in a way that, you know, your reader comes upon, you know, something mundane that, you know, you've kind of turned on its head to make it creepier, and they come across <laughs> that, and then they jump. That's when you really, you know, yeah. when the reader steps away from the book and the, you know, the shadows are still lingering in the back of their head, that's when you know you've made it. Wow, you know? wow, yeah, so. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned Lovecraft quite often here yeah. now. He's some, he must be your uh, inspiration for one of my One of my inspirations, but I, I would say kind of my, my main inspiration because I don't know if this was deliberate on his part, but he leaves these sort of unanswered questions in his stories. I like to t- kind of play with those, those unanswered questions. Maybe not try to completely answer them, but just nice, yeah. try and expand on them a little bit and just, you know, take them from a different angle. So. Wow, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Now, what about this uh, group that you belong to? They meet periodically. Like, I think you were at a group meeting uh, one time when I saw you. You were going to Salem to oh, yeah. that meet was, your group. Uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, uh, we do a book sale uh, during Haunted Happenings. Usually it's um, the last weekend in October. And it's because, you know, Salem has this wonderful outdoor bazaar of the bazaar, as it were. So, you know, we're down there usually in Derby Square 
uh, that Saturday and Sunday selling our books and, you know, chatting with the crowds and just, you know, mingling with uh, the folks that are down there to have a good spooky time. So Now, do you uh, all wear uh, costumes that are related to the horror scene? Or uh, some of us do. Some of us are just the kind of, you mm-hmm. know, regular guy or gal wearing some kind of horror-related T-shirt. Some of us are kind of the more gothic type. So okay. there, there is one lady who does costume regularly as a, <laughs> as a Victorian wit. Yes, yes, yes. And she's, yeah. you know, kind of one of those, kind of a Renfair type person, very interesting lady, uh, Trisha Woolridge. So uh, you had some success. You told me uh, that you, uh, on one rainy day, you didn't sell too much at all. And then the next day it was sunny and all of a sudden you were uh, selling uh, some of your books like left crazy. And right. Yeah, that was crazy. That was um, this past year. We was, went down... We went Saturday, and you know, despite that rainstorm, a friend of ours had managed to score us, you know, a nice dry corner in the mall that's across from the Essex. PBD Essex. PBD yeah. Essex. Anyway, but yeah, we had a nice dry corner that we were parked uh, in, wow. and we didn't do too well because we were over in the corner and people couldn't find us. But then the next day, it was beautiful and sunny, and mm-hmm. I get there and I start putting my books on the shelves, and mm-hmm. I turn around to get another book to put, you know put up there, and um, Renee, how much does one night in Salem cost? And I'm like, what? Did I, I literally just made a sale with my back turned. It was like, I couldn't believe it, but it was, you know, it was like my best sale date ever because I think everyone that had been, had not been able to go to Salem the day before because it was raining and nor'eastering and just miserable. They were all there Sunday, so they were all there to have a good time and our book booth was in the middle of it all, so everyone was like, hey, let's buy some cool horror books. Well, that sounds terrific, so, yeah. yeah, that you uh, were able to yeah. score some uh, some sales. Yeah, at that. that was... So that, yeah. that's, uh, that is super. Uh, describe maybe one of your uh, stories, your supernatural stories uh, that you, I think you just did, but but uh, any other particular ones stand out in your mind? Uh, right in the right at this moment, uh, it's, I got a few here. One of them is in this anthology, Secret Stairs. I don't know if you can see oh, it there. Oh yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. It's um, this one was an Amazon, or I think it still is one of the top selling anthologies on Amazon.com, and it's kind of it's kind of ba- it's based off the urban legend of the staircase in the forest, which is sort of a internet legend that's been making the rounds online emails forums, whatnot, and basically it's, there's this staircase, usually of stone, somewhere out in a forest somewhere, and, you know, either the park service or some hikers or somebody will stumble across it and try to figure out why there is, there, there why there's, this, why this staircase is out there in the middle of nowhere and there's no building around it. Yeah. So what's going on here? So the one that I wrote in here is uh, staircase, Grand Staircase of the Yellow Court, and it deals with this news photographer who's out in the woods taking some artsy type shots you know to sell in a gallery and he's hiking with his niece who's into local legends and history and whatnot so she they get talking about oh there's this legend there's this staircase out here in the forest and sure enough they stumble across it and wow. you know he starts taking pictures of the staircase and realizes when he gets home there is something on the film that wasn't <laughs> there this strange figure Uh-oh. of a sort of king-like figure with a mask on its face and it's like what is going on here so his niece gets interested and starts looking into the lore and they start finding out you know there is something very strange oh, yes, behind those yes, stairs yes. Yeah, and yeah. as to why those stairs are in the forest you know it, it tees off from um, Robert W. Chambers's The King in Yellow stories and just the whole strange mythos that surrounds that that's that's quite interesting yeah. yes yes and so you have some other books there oh, that got, you are uh, showing too yeah you can hold them up sure and thing. we can zoom yeah. 
in on okay. them later. Sure you know? thing. Okay, and speaking of New England horror writers, this is the anthology that I've been in with them. This is, uh, as you can see, uh, Wicked Haunted. This was um, this was an, an anthology we put out uh, not last October, but the October before, so October 2017. Um, it was a ghost story anthology. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. All different ghost stories, a whole bunch of us submitted a piece to it. And the one that I have in here is The Stranding Off Scudic Point, which is um, the legend of the vanishing hitchhiker and sort of turned it on its head a little bit. So deals with girl who, this is like the 1860s, she's working on her granduncle's fishing boat in this little fish, you know, at this little fishing village up in Maine near Scudic Point. And, you know, it's it's the end of the fishing season. She's out in her dory with, you know, one of the guys on the crew and they're making their last catch and they're about to go back to the, the mother ship because, you know, the water's getting rough and it's, you know, it's October or November. It's getting cold and wintry. So they start heading back to the ship and mm. they see something strange on oh. a rock. Wow. And they have to find out what the, is going on here. You know, who is this guy that's stranded on this rock? Ooh. And it just goes, it, it, it just unfolds from there and it goes from just sort of a mundane moment to something extraordinary which kind of expands into the girl's own sort of self-discovery you know finding out you know who she is and where she really comes from nice yeah so wow. it's uh, that's cool that's uh peaks the imagination yeah, exactly. huh? yeah this yeah this book in particular i'm really proud of because um if this was uh, this was shortlisted for a bram stoker award which is uh the horror writers association's award and we were shortlisted for best short story anthology, which yeah, was yeah. really wonderful. I mean, we didn't we didn't make the award, but hey, we were on the shortlist, which was really quite an accomplishment. Sure, sure. So yeah, this one this one I'm quite I'm quite proud of. That sounds great. Thank you. And you have another. another I got one another one. This yes. one is especially interesting. This is uh, Weird Book Magazine, which in some ways is kind of a spiritual successor to Weird Tales Magazine, which was sort of a pulp fantasy, science fiction, horror general kind of strange mostly i think it started they started publishing it in like the 1920s and it's best known because several great names in horror including hp lovecraft uh, robert block i think um ray bradbury and a few others were published in it so this one kind of um is sort of the successor to that because it's kind of gone in and out of publishing you know over the over the decades um i think it's lapsed back into not being published well, which is yeah. which is its successor and in this one this is issue number 38 oh yes yeah um it, which, where, where do they get the i noticed there's some artwork on the front there yeah they so. got um there's a, they got an especially talented uh fantasy artist that works for them uh, nice yeah yeah it's almost sort of tolkien gone strange here the story that i wrote uh that they published here is again <laughs> an hp lovecraft story um the Handmaid of the Key, when which I t I kind of teed off from his story, The Dunnage Horror, which is one of my favorites of his stories, and I sort of took it from a different point of view. I mean, the story is basically told from sort of the outsider point of view. You know, the people of Dunwich are kind of observing these strange things happening, and they're kind of side eyeing this one family, the Waitley clan, who are kind of a little odd. They're a little odd and a little strange, and they're up to some kind of weird cult sort of doings. But I decided to tell the story from the point of view of one of the family members. Lavinia Waitley, who is sort of, I don't want to say she's the high priestess of the cult, but she's sort of one of the spiritual higher-ups in it, and she has these two strange little twin kids who may or may not be half alien. Ooh. So yes, they're <laughs> they're kind of an unusual lot, the Waitleys. <laughs> yeah. And this is basically her point of view. She's just having a quiet evening with her two strange little kids, and sure, 
Nice. They might be weird looking. You know, her her family might be doing some strange things up in the hills that, you know, are best left unsaid. But these are her kids. She loves them, you know? <laughs> I mean, so what if they look strange? So what if one of them looks sort of like a half human, half goat sort of thing? Uh, uh, and the uh, other uh, one, I'm not even <laughs> going to begin to describe. It's like, what the heck is that thing, lady? You know? <laughs> but, you know, she's yeah. just, you know, she loves her kids and she's being a mom to them. So, so you have quite a lot of uh, books that you have brought with oh, yeah. you. And uh, how many have you done all to, uh, all all your uh, books, that, including altogether, your anthologies. Altogether, yeah. I have 25 stories oh in God. print. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, which I've published in like the last four or five years. So, yeah. and I got uh, four or five more coming out this year in different in different books in different places. So now, if people were to try to, uh, do you have like an author's page that we can go to? On? I have. I as a matter of fact, I have an author's page on Facebook. If you just type in R. C. Mulhair, it should pull it up, and I've got story announcements on there. I've got links to some of my story, you know, books that you can buy online. I've got a few YouTube videos on there of me reading some of my stories or just blithering about things that I'm up to. Or, well, you that know, sounds great. Links yeah. to things that yeah. I that inspire yeah. me, pictures that have inspired me, and a little bit of everything. So it's you know it's 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 a, it's a pretty hopping page. And you have a website too, or is that um, is basically is that? That's basically my main presence. Although I'm also on Goodreads. You can also type RC Mulhair into Amazon.com. I'm putting together a WordPress page, but that's been kind of slow going because I'm still trying to figure out how does this page thing work. You know, so <laughs> sure, sure. It's kind of um, kind sure. of a writing blog, work in progress. So and and so if people were to go to Amazon.com and type in your name, they'd come up with all your books. Yep, they'd come up with. With, uh, my book list and my author page, which I got a few goodies on there. So, oh, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, and they can see pictures also of each of your books oh, yes. on your author's oh, yes. page. Yeah. Well, that's that's quite a that's quite a setup. When I when I, when I first put the thing together, I got a little starstruck looking at it because I was like, <laughs> "These are all my books. <laughs> I wrote these things, or <laughs> I wrote a piece that's in these things. Oh my gosh!" So. That sounds that yeah. sounds super. Yeah. Uh, now, if people were try wanted to get a hold of you. Uh, and uh, they, you have an email uh, on your Facebook that they can, or they. Uh, you, can, you can message me through uh, Facebook Messenger, or if, or you can uh, get me through Gmail at albanyphage at gmail dot com. Okay. So. Um, did you had another book there oh, that yes, you were going to talk about? Speaking yeah. of One Night in Salem, which I mentioned earlier, this is One Night in Salem. Oh, neat! Which is yeah. one that I'm especially proud of. This is um, this is a, another uh, anthology from Fundead Publications, and the kind of trick that she had. Uh, setting this up was all the stories are set in Salem, but they're all set on Halloween night in Salem, and each one is a different specific year. So you have historical stories with, you know, the first Puritan fathers visiting in, you know, the area that would become Salem, and it's, you know, the 1600s, and they're finding out this area is very weird, and there's strange things going on in the woods. Or there's another one that's like a Shirley Jackson-inspired story, and it's set in the 1950s, and it's this girl going trick-or-treating or something with her friends, and some strange things that happen as they're going out and about. And <laughs> my story is set in the year 1991, which was the year of the perfect storm or the no-name hurricane, as, oh, it's, yeah. as it's sometimes known in this area. And in this case, it's Halloween night. Haunted Happenings has been postponed because the weather is just too bad for people to be out on out and about on the streets. So uh, the same news photographer from 
uh, Grand Staircase of the Yellow Court, uh, Carton Tillingas is his name. He's trying to find something to take pictures of for the paper because he can't do Haunted Happenings pictures. So he meets up with a friend of his who's a Salem police officer, and he goes out on patrol with the police officer, and they're sitting in the cop, the cop car down by the Maritime um, historical site because they're trying to keep people from going down near the water because the surf is so dangerous and it's crashing over, sure, over sure. the shoreline into the street. So... They're keeping an eye on it, and they're sitting there trading stories when they suddenly realize there is something strange blowing in on the storm. Oh. And it looks like a woman in distress, and they're trying to figure out why there is a woman flying on this storm. And, you know, who is she? It just kind of snowballs from there, and it's a very kind of an urban fantasy type story that um, I really had a blast writing. That sounds true. Yeah. All those stories sound so intriguing. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. The, you know, they would, Thank uh, you. if I had them all, I'd, I'd spend the whole year <laughs> <laughs> looking at them. Easily, <laughs> easily. Um, this, I think we have sort of come to the end wow. of the program. We've been talking now yeah. for about 30 minutes. Oh, cool. And uh, so is there anything else you'd like to add to our audience? Uh, we're the podcast will appear on WCTB also on SoundCloud. So if people would try to get a hold of you, they could message you, messenger you on Facebook yep. and also at your website and also uh, at your uh, email. And uh, trying to think of anything else that you'd like to add. Yeah, can also uh, hit me up on Goodreads. I hang out on there quite regularly because if I'm not writing books, I'm reading them and talking about them on there. So I noticed uh, yeah. even on Goodreads that you uh, were read you're reading a, quite a few of their books too from Goodreads. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and and have left uh, some uh, comments yeah. on on books that uh, you've saw on Goodreads. Yeah. So that's uh, quite inspiring. Authors, author, authors got to help authors, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. we're, we're all in this together. And quite inspiring, yeah, exactly. yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Yeah. So I think that uh, if you have anything else to say, okay. fine, not. If not, okay. I'm just going to okay. come to a close okay. here. Well, uh, for everyone who's out there, you know, keep, you know, keep it spooky and... <laughs> Don't hesitate to say hello to the ghosts that you come across. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, thank you very much yeah, for, thank you, uh, thank you for having me. being with us tonight uh, at uh, WCTV.org. Again, this is Mark's Musings, and we're very happy to have Renee with us and tell us about her, her books and her uh, stories that are, that are available. Uh, don't forget to uh, look them up uh, on her author page at uh, Amazon.com. So with that, uh, we'd like to say goodbye for the night, and uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you around, and keep it creepy. <laughs> keep it creepy. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye now. 